I think I was 20 years old when this happened. And it was outside of a Home Depot parking lot. It was a white van pulls up. Dude jumps out in a vague uniform, not really a uniform, but the kind of jumpsuit that anyone from an exterminator to a Ghostbuster would wear. Spun this tale about how they had these studio monitors, high-end monitors that were supposed to go to a local strip club. I did know the strip club, so I knew that part wasn't a lie. And it seemed like it wasn't a lie that they were fancy monitors. I mean, they, they looked like big speakers. Dude even showed me a magazine article, pointed to a price that said $2,000 per unit. Told me a story about how they were supposed to be four ordered, but he had six instead and the rest were gonna be you know, shipped back. And I thought to myself, there is no way any of this is true. These are stolen speakers. And in that moment, I had already begun to rationalize. I was already thinking about sweet class warfare while getting ahead myself. Within 15 minutes, we both agreed on $300 for the pair of them. I went to the ATM with these assholes. I withdrew the money, gave them $300, and thanked them, and then turned to my friend and mouthed the words, Oh my God, because I had just stuck it to the man. I had just bought stolen studio monitors. And I was so freaking stoked. Brought them home, turned it up very loud. Very impressed with myself. Three weeks later, the girl I'm dating, I meet her brother. He's a student at law school. And I'm a bit shy about it, but I bring up the fact, I bring up the fact that I bought some speakers and I get to the part where I mentioned the white van and he nods and grins and says, oh wow, so you saw one of those guys. And I was like, what, one of those guys? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, yeah, those guys, they sell the garbage speakers, they're garbage, but they make you think they're stolen. And that's when I realized I'd gotten got. I'd let the fantasy overtake the reality. The reality was I was giddy at the prospect of sticking one to the man. The most beautiful thing about a con is how little the con man needs to do in the moment. He just has to set up the story because the person who's going to obliterate his morals for the fantasy, that's me. And I won't find out for three weeks until I meet my girlfriend's brother. There's a common phrase in my line of work. You can't con an honest John. It's because the honest John is somebody in that situation wouldn't even consider letting his morals be compromised. Wouldn't even occur to him. He would walk right past it. How many of us are truly honest all of the time? Most of the effort of the con man goes into that first impression, the tableau. Sometimes it's a crisis or a fantasy. Whatever it is, it's personally tailored to you, the mark. I've spent a lifetime studying these schemes. Which really means I've spent a lifetime studying desires, those very urges that make us human. You know, when I'm hanging out, sometimes a few beers in, somebody will ask me, what is the world's greatest con? It's a good question. 
I don't know if this is it, but here's a pretty good place to start. It's 1943. Allied forces are about to land their first boots on mainland Europe. If you do it successfully, you could defeat the Nazis. Botch it, and you allow the fascist war machine to keep on rolling. In a smoke-filled London basement sits a gang of con men. Now, they don't call themselves con men, since they're in the British military and all, war. They're agents of deception, which, to be honest, is probably a better name than con men anyway. I'd like to be an agent of deception. Anyway, they got a plan, and if they pull this off, it will change the war. The British know that the Nazi expansion into the Eastern Front with Russia isn't going well. That means at the highest ranks of the German government, people need good news to bring the boss. That means the boss is eager to hear good news. So what if somebody fulfilled that fantasy, wrote that good news for them, put it in their hands in a way that makes them feel lucky to have it? Can't be a regular leak or a fake double agent. That's regular espionage. No one gets excited when the normal happens. That would just fall flat. Remember what we said about the tableau, all the effort into the first impression. This kind of good news? Good news that moves armies? No, 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 no. This has to be an act of God, the Lord himself, smiling on the fatherland. It needs to fall out of the sky. Literally. An officer of the Royal Marines is going to crash his plane in the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of Spain. His corpse is going to wash ashore. In his pockets will be a heartbreaking tale of young love, evidence of a vibrant life snuffed out too soon, and secret documents revealing the plans of the Allied forces. Those documents will be irresistible to the Nazi intelligence that happens to live on that shore. He'd be greatly rewarded for finding it. In fact, each rung of the ladder that passes it up the chain will be rewarded for finding it. The officer will be completely fictitious. The body, a corpse discarded by society. The documents, an intentional lie to devastate the German efforts. All of it to fool the ultimate mark. Someone who is most certainly not an honest John. Adolf Hitler. Cons don't fool us because we're stupid. They fool us because we're human. And this, this might be the world's greatest con. I'm Brian Brushwood, and we're on a quest to find the world's greatest con. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. But the quest begins June 15th.